1: Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Proverbs 29 verse 25 tells us that the fear of man brings a snare. The fear of man may either be a fear of what others will do to us or a fear of their rejection because we crave their approval. The fear of man is the desire to please others in order to be well thought of by them. What we now call peer pressure or people pleasing Is what the Bible calls the fear of man. It's a snare, a powerful trap not easy to escape from. If we're controlled by the fear of man, it may be that we have trouble saying no to people when our resources such as our time, finances, health are already stretched. Or it may be that we may agree with someone openly even if we really disagree in our hearts. Or it may be that we will compromise our real values in order to keep a friendship or we may even do something nice for someone so that they will like us rather than because we genuinely love them. Yes, Proverbs 29.25 says, The fear of man brings a snare. However, that verse goes on to say, But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. This is Set Free with
0: Ken Legg. We've covered a lot of ground this week on the subject of overcoming fear. And talk about the fear of man, Ken. That'd be something pretty high or at the top of the fear list, wouldn't it?
1: Yes. I, in fact, I remember watching a current affair program in, in Australia that reported at the time that sociophobia is the number one phobia in this country, saying that as many as one in ten people in Australia suffer with it, although many don't seek help. So
0: sociophobia, is that that's scared of
1: you know, interacting with people? Or? Yeah, it is. It's a social anxiety disorder. Uh, that fears, as you say, interaction with other people. Uh, People with that disorder usually struggle to cope with most social encounters, but especially with strangers or people in authority. Mm. Now, we quoted that proverb that says, the fear of man brings a snare, but it goes on to say, that whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. And God has made us with the need of approval, but it's actually his approval that we need. Mm. Uh, So the more spiritual we are, the more We will desire God's approval and the less spiritual we are, the more we will seek man's approval. Mm. Um, Jesus said to the Pharisees, he said, how can you believe who receive honor from one another, but don't seek the honor that comes from God? And I think that's the point he was illustrating is that they were really trying to please one another, Mm. but not really pleasing God. Uh, And what I like about Paul is that he totally was free of the fear of man because he lived in the light of um, knowing that he had God's approval in what he was doing. You know, for example, the gospel that he preached. He says, "You know, do I do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, he said, I wouldn't be the servant of Christ." And
0: he had plenty of opportunity to uh, fear man. You know, they threw him in jail and they beat him up and did all sorts of things. But yet he persisted. He was just, uh, you know, he's, he's so trusted in
1: the Lord. And and walked in the light of fellowship with Him. That um, the fear of man was was
0: was nothing to Him. It's a sobering thought that the fear of man could have such a power over us, though. You know that we behave in the kind of ways that you mentioned earlier, make us do things that we don't really want to do, mm. make us behave hypocritically, keep us from doing what we want to do, even trap us into putting others before God. What advice would you give, though, Ken? You know, let's get practical for a minute on for someone who's struggling with the, that fear of man, someone who's had some reason to need approval from other people. Yeah, there's a couple of things I would say Phil that the first is this, number
1: 1, don't overestimate the importance of others. You know, if we struggle with the fear of man, it probably indicates that we have an exaggerated view of our need of their acceptance and approval. So perhaps we need to look to them to give us value and impart worth to us. That's that's the way we're relating to that person. No one is actually powerful enough to impart life or value to another person. So when your sense of well-being comes from the approval of another person, you actually assign a great deal of power to that person uh, that you're looking to for that approval Mm -hmm. over your life. Exactly. Uh, The fact is that we have individual value. We have purpose. We have life that God himself gives to us. So it's our Creator, not the created beings that He has placed on this planet, that is our life source. Mm-hmm. You know, so we often say uh, when we when we look at a created being in the way that we should be looking to God, that becomes idolatry. So you could say that idolatry is trying to get our needs met through anyone or anything other than God. Now, it's not wrong to be liked by others. In fact, Jesus grew up you know, in in favour with God and man. He, he develops socially, which is important, but needing their approval or fearing their disapproval could
0: lead us to becoming ensnared by this fear of man that we talked about. Mm. As you say, there's, there's nothing, nothing wrong with being liked by others or receiving affirmation from others, but I guess the problem comes in needing those things for our own sense of well-being. If we enter into relationships with uh, you know, the goal of feeding off somebody else's approval, we could actually jeopardise an otherwise good relationship.
1: Yes, in fact, I I would say this. If our relationships are based on the fear of man, this is what we'll experience. We will need them for ourselves more than love them for their sakes. Let me say that again. We'll need them for ourselves more than love them for their sakes. God wants to teach us to need them less but to love them more—that's that's
0: walking in love. Mm. So the first piece of advice: someone struggling with the fear of man, don't don't overexaggerate somebody else's importance. Yeah. by looking to them and their approval to give you value. What's the second one? I would say don't underestimate the power of the fear
1: of the Lord. You know, the the fear of man brings a snare, but the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm. And that 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 um, proverb that we we quoted earlier on says: whoever trusts in the Lord shall be saved. So the answer to the fear of man is actually the fear of the Lord. Now, the word fear here, let's just be very clear what we're talking about when we use that word, the fear of the Lord. It's from the Hebrew word yara. It means actually to stand in awe of, to give reverence to, to be awestruck with who God is. I mean, God is self existing. God is eternal. God is omnipresent. God is omnipotent. God is omniscient. You know, He's the one who was and is and is to come. He spoke and propelled billions of galaxies into beings. The Bible says the nations are a drop in the bucket to him. He raises up one and puts down another. So his attributes make him the only legitimate object of fear. As the you know we read in the Book of Revelation, who shall not fear you? Now we need to understand,
0: though Phil, that this fear is not the cringing fear that the Bible warns against. Mm, and that's a very important point. A lot of people get sort of hung up on this and down the wrong track. They go, oh, yeah. I need to be afraid of God. Afraid of God that makes us draw back from him. Um, that's
1: the difference between the true fear of God, the clean, you know, which the Bible says the fear of the Lord is clean. It's clean. It's, there's nothing bad about it. Or what's the difference between... That clean fear of God and that fear of God, which is uh, tormenting and, and torturous. Well, one fear dr- makes us draw near to God. Mm. We're so attracted to Him. We're so in love with Him. We're so overawed by His presence. We, we want to draw near and worship Him. Mm. But the other one, you know, it's a picture that we have of God that makes us want to run from God. And uh, that's, that's not from Him, of course. Now, I would say this, um, Phil, that uh, the godly regulate
0: and conduct their lives by the fear of God. Of course, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We heard that just a moment ago. Yeah. Um, Job is probably a good example of that. Yes. Let's, let's take some examples then of, of how the godly regulated their
1: lives by the fear of God. You, you mentioned Job. God himself said about him, Have you considered my servant Job that there's none like him on all the earth, a blameless man, an upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? So he was known as being one who regulated his life by the fear of God. Joseph's another one. Yeah. When Joseph uh, was tempted, he said this, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And then later on he said, I fear God. He had this healthy respect of God and,
0: and it regulated his life. You know. And with both Joseph and Job, they had to rise above their circumstances, their fear, didn't they?
1: Yeah, they had to rise above the fear of someone important to them or something powerful in their lives. And they did this by focusing on their fear of the Lord. So when our faith is in something created, it leads to fear and uncertainty. Anything that is created can be shaken. It gives false security, if you like, which is the basis of insecurity. God always shakes those things that can be shaken. But when our faith is in God, then fear subsides.
0: brings us to the end of our series this week. Hope you can join us next week when we start a brand new one. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book What's Eating You, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.